Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! We are going into message number five, Faith Forward, and I know we've been talking about so many different things this last month. How many of you have enjoyed the messages in this series this month? We've talked about a lot of stuff, right? And it's been so good. So I want us to jump into this series today, and we've been addressing some real questions about emotions and traps that the enemy is attempting to abort our faith with in this season, such as fear, depression, stress. We talked about end times last week. How many enjoyed that end times message? It was really good. It was more of like a teaching, but it was just, you know, really in depth, just helping us understand the days that we're living in and what the Bible says as as well. But today I want to talk with you about temptation. Come on, say temptation. So how many know temptation? It's a real thing, right? It's a real thing that comes to all of us, even if we're following Jesus, right? When you give your heart to Christ, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be tempted, right? We have, to tr- uh, we have to fully trust God because temptation is going to come to us all, whether we're following Christ or not. It's just a matter of what we do with that temptation. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And one of the points we want to hit on is every temptation is an invitation to depend on God. Come on, let's read that together. Turn your attention to the screens. Let's read it together. Ready? Every temptation is an invitation to depend on God. And I love that because sometimes when, if you've been raised in church or you've heard things, um, the word temptation brings a lot of like negative thoughts and, you know, feelings about it. But it's also a way when the enemy comes to tempt you, God's saying, depend on me. I'm going to help you out. You don't have to fall to this. It gives you an invitation to depend on me more. And how many know, when you get like an invitation to something, maybe to a party, to a wedding, to this, to whatever, you can either accept that invitation or you can decline it. So God is saying, it's an invitation, but you gotta accept the invitation to depend on me. I'm not gonna make you, but I'm gonna tell you, I'm here to help you. And how many of you know that's what we gotta find today, how we can get our help in God over temptation, amen? So that's what we're gonna talk about a little bit today. So what's your biggest temptation? I'll give you a few. These are some that maybe people may say, oh, I deal with this. Maybe I'm very vulnerable to overspending. Don't raise your hand if that's you because your husband already knows. Could be overeating. Come on, how many of y'all have a problem with overeating? You know, we all eat way too much more than what our body actually needs, right? Um, Maybe it's a substance. Maybe you've dealt with addiction. Maybe it's caving into lust or sexual temptation. You keep comparing yourself. That's a big thing is comparison is a temptation. Maybe you become your own worst enemy. Maybe you criticize yourself or you criticize other and you're always negative about other people. Maybe it's that you think it's um, a jealousy thing or an envy thing. Have you ever looked at, heard people say, man, I just want that. Man, my life stinks. Man, I wish I was like them. You know, it's like a, an envy and jealousy thing. And we got to be careful with that. It could be jumping into relationship after relationship to fill a void. Maybe it's controlling your mouth or your tongue. Come on, we can all raise our hand on that. Especially right now on social media and everything that's going on in the world. Y'all just hold your tongues, all right? (laughs) Sometimes, you know, you type out stuff, you want to respond to stuff, and the Holy Spirit's like, you just better delete that right now. (laughs) Come on, y'all know you've hit that backspace a lot. (laughs) And so sometimes it could be maybe lying. Maybe you have a hard time telling the truth when you're caught in a situation. Maybe it's anger. But we all have different things. 
Maybe you're here today and you say, I don't have a weakness. Well, right there is your weakness. It's called pride, right? And so we're going to talk about a couple of things. We all deal with different temptations in different shapes or form. And maybe your temptation is different than my temptation. But how many of you know we all face it? Amen. And so we're going to go to God's word. In 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13, it says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And if, I like the scripture because if you look at it, it says, if you think you are standing firm. Sometimes we get to a point in our Christian walk, especially if we walk with Christ for our season, we'll be like, man, I'm good, I'm strong, you know, like I'm not gonna fall to this, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Be careful, it says. When you think you're standing firm, be careful because it says you could still fall. How I many you know you can still fall? Even when you think you're good, you've gotta have boundaries and protect yourself. And so the scripture says that. But how many of you know that we all face temptations? And so, you know, a lot of times, if you don't know, I'm from South Bend, so go Irish. That's where my hometown is at. And um, every time we go up there, um, they have a Krispy Kreme, like, factory store, okay? So it's not like these little, like, gas station donuts, you know, they've been sitting there for hours. Like, literally, and Pastor Jacob can describe it so much more because this is totally his temptation. But... I love donuts, but he is a sucker for a, t- for a good donut. And you go in there, you know, they make you wear the little paper hats and everything in it. And you go in and there's literally, you see them like squirting out this like hot dough in the bubbling, like frying oil. And it literally just sinks down in there. Then they come out on these like little rollers, you know, and they're rolling out. And then there's like this long thing. It's just like a cascading like glaze of glory that just falls on these donuts. I kid you not. It's like you can see the shining light of Jesus beaming off of them. It's like they look wet and delicious and sweet and so good. And I'm not even a donut person and they make my mouth water. And so they come out and if you've never ate a hot Krispy Kreme donut right off of the line, you have not experienced Jesus yet in the heavenly form. Let me just tell you, you gotta go. So he, it's so funny because we go up there to see my family and he's like, let's just drive, drive by the Krispy Kreme place. Let's just drive by, let's drive by. And I'm like, well, if we drive by and before we go, he's like, I'm not going to eat any donuts. I'm not going to eat any more. You know, he's got this whole plan. Never works. And so he's like, let's just drive by. And then when that sign comes on, he is done. He is done. He pulls up and he's like, look, the red light's on. We got to go. We got to go. And of course, my kids are getting out, following him in, you know. And they're going in and they give you donuts and stuff. And then he'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to get, you know, a dozen, but I'm going to share with everybody. Well, or I'm just going to eat one. Well, that never happens until like six donuts later. And I'm like, what happened to the one? He was like, I don't know. (laughs) And so this is maybe like, you know, we're just having fun. But this is like one of his fun temptations. Now, mine is not donuts. Mine could be this. Come on, how many ladies do I got with me? <laughs> Especially when your card's already in there and your shipping's already in there. Address, you ain't got to type anything on and then you can just go get now. You don't even have to put it in your cart. Like they make it so easy, which is super scary. <laughs> 
But how many know you get on there and you start browsing for one thing, and then before you know it, you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get to five things in my cart? Oh my gosh, you know? And I know some of y'all, maybe not Amazon Prime, but some of y'all are suckers for Target. I know that. We got a lot of Target people that like to go in there. You go in there, oh, I'm just going to go get hairspray. I'm going to go get this. You go in and you come back up and you're like, okay, ma'am, your total will be $230. And you're like, what? (laughs) You know, you got a whole lot more than hairspray. So we all have different temptations. And how many know that when we have to know our temptation, you got to know your temptation, what is your temptation? You know, these are fun temptations, you know, that we deal with, but I'm talking about in seriousness, what is a temptation that the enemy always hangs you up on? You got to know your temptation. If you don't know it, you can't prevent it and you can't set boundaries. So you got to know your weaknesses. So the moment you say right now, maybe you're here and you're saying, oh, I don't need this message. I'm, I'm good. I'm pretty sure this is probably the moment that you're vulnerable to temptation to tune out. And so really Think about what God is speaking to you today. Just because we follow Christ doesn't mean we won't be tempted. Just because we are tempted doesn't make us wrong either. It just shows us the humanity part of our hearts. Amen? It shows that we're human. Just because we follow Christ doesn't mean that we're not going to have struggles in this world. So coming to Christ doesn't mean the absence of temptation. It means I'm declaring war on the temptation that is already there, and I don't have to do it alone. So how many know all of us raise our hand, we got temptations. You're not in it alone. We're all tempted. We all deal with different temptations. In Luke 4, Jesus was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And it says, if Jesus was tempted, then how many of you know that we're going to be tempted too? He was the son of, son of man, but also the son of God. And so God knew that. So this is what he says in his word. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And I love that because first of all, it says, okay, you're tempted. It says, first thing I want you to remember, God is faithful. So when he says he's faithful, that means he's always going to show up. You know, some of you, maybe you've had um, people that have given you promises and promises have fallen through and people and um, have um, maybe lost your trust in them and you can't count on the word. But let me tell you, you can count on God. God will never go back on his word. When he says he has a promise, his promises are true. When he says he's faithful, he will always be there to show up for you. So it says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also, here it is, give you that invitation to depend on him. We talked about, right? Provide a way out so you can endure it. So he's always going to provide a way out. It's a matter of like, do I want to get out of this or am I wanting to give into the flesh and give into my temptation? But God is right here and he's saying, here's the way out. It's kind of like he sets before us the choice of life and death. And he say, I pray that you choose life, but he gives us the choice because God will never make us do something against our own will, but he will lead us and guide us. Amen. And so he will always provide a way out. So in order to understand how to fight temptation, how many know want to know how to fight temptation today, Right. It's hard. Okay, there's like four of you. All y'all must never have temptation. Like you had extra time with Jesus today or something on the way here. But I need to know how to fight temptation. Sometimes it's temptation in our thoughts. Just because I didn't say your temptation and some of the ones I listed, there's a lot of things. We have thoughts, craziness. How many know you have temptations in your thoughts? I do. I'm raising my hand. I have, I deal with anxiety and worry and stress and things that try to come on me. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's suicidal thoughts. Maybe it's bitterness, unforgiveness, whatever it is. There's all kinds of temptations that we can think in our minds and then we can respond to in our lives if we're not careful. So in order to understand how we need to fight, we need to know the steps towards um, temptation. So the first one, 
And we'll use Pastor Jacob as an example because he's not here. So the first one is the thought, right? The Krispy Kremes. That's his thought, right? The next one is imagination. The icing and the hot dough. The imagination goes crazy, right? The third one is justification. In other words, making an excuse of why you need this. I haven't had one for over a month. And then the fourth one is a choice, right? I go and I get a dozen to share. So he's got a good intentions, right? I'm going to share. Then the, the fifth one is the sin. I eat the half dozen by myself, right? <laughs> and so those are steps. Now let's look at this. The thought, maybe yours is I'm bored. How many know idle time is the devil's playground? You got to guard your mind. There's times when you need to rest and, and have peace and, and focus on God and have stillness to almost like self-reflect and things like that. Because I think God does the most work when, he, when we're quiet sometimes. But how many know the enemy also comes in too? Because he doesn't want you to hear God speaking to you in the, in the quietness. And so sometimes we get bored and then our minds can get squirrely. So the thought maybe is, I'm bored. Maybe the second thing is the imagination is, oh, let me just go on Instagram, Facebook. Remember that pic of him or her last week? Or remember the new house they bought and I live in this house and whatever it is. Or maybe it's that. And the third one is justification. Everyone else struggles Maybe this is it. Plus, my spouse is not meeting my needs if you're in a relationship. You know, and then what happens is you make a choice. You go back and you look more. You go back to it. How many know you have an imagination and then sometimes you think of something and you justify it. You make an excuse and then you go back to it again to make a choice. And you choose that. And then what happens is then there's a sin that comes after you make that choice. So the temptation is not the sin. It's the steps we take afterwards before we fall into sin. Amen? And sometimes we lead ourselves into sin because God said he'll make a way out, right? He's faithful. He's going to make a way out. He gives us an invitation to depend on him because we can't do it in our own strength sometimes. But then what happens is sin happens, and then guess what? We commit a sin. We do something wrong. How many know? Some of, some of us here and some of you here have been maybe a part of a marriage, you know, or been a part of a relationship or someone maybe who's not been, not been faithful to you, or maybe there's been things going on in your life. And how many know? When they said those vows at the altar, they never thought they were going to cheat on somebody or they were going to hurt somebody or they were going to have a painful divorce, right? They never thought that. But how many you know everything starts with a thought, it starts with a thought, then it's an imagination, you know, then it's justification, making an excuse for things, you know, then it's also a choice, then you choose, and then the sin happens, and then that's when, how many know the wages of sin is death, so sin pays in death, there's death to relationships, death to our joy, death to our peace, sometimes in situations, and so we got to know how to set boundaries in our lives so that we know how to make the right choices, amen? So what happens is the first critical moments of temptation are far more important than we can imagine. What we're going to do is decide ahead of time, knowing we will be tempted, that we do have the power to resist temptation and fight the very temptation trying to take us out. How many know the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy? He wants to take us out. He wants to take you out. I know Pastor Jacob has said, thieves don't break into houses that don't have valuable things. So if the enemy's coming in and breaking into your heart, breaking into your life, it's because there's something valuable on the inside of you. And you have to be ready and prepared. You gotta set up measures of boundaries and know how to fight off those things. The way we don't fall into something that hurts the heart of God and is destructive to others 
is we have to have boundaries. We have to have a plan. So before the temptation comes, before it comes to all of us, including myself, you have to have a plan and a way to get out. If you don't know how you will respond, you will fall. So let's look at James. In James 4, 7, it says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And I love this. And so we're going to break this verse down real quick. And just these are ways that we can find our way out. God's given us a way to find our way out of temptation, all right? So we're going to do two things. We're going to find out. Number one is submit to God. So submit to God. First thing that we have to do is not fight against it, but we have to submit to God and realize, God, this is bigger than I think what I can handle. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you're like, God, whew, this is a big demon or a big stronghold or a big situation I'm fighting, a big thing, and you want to go back to your old ways. Come on, how many know you're real? We're human, right? You know, we are saved and we're spirit beings, but you know what? Our flesh and our mind and stuff, it ain't always saved all the time. We want to go back to old ways, our old nature, because the enemy's fighting for our souls to try to get us to go back. And so we have to know that we have to say, okay, God, first of all, I'm going to submit this thought to you. I'm going to, because it all starts with a thought, right? I'm going to submit this thought to you, God, and I'm going to submit myself to you. Why? Because we don't have the strength in our own sinful flesh to overcome it. And God says he will provide a way out, but we have to accept that invitation to depend on him. We are not, or we are not designed to live the victorious life alone because we need God. We can be victorious, but we can't do it on our own. We got to know the one who is the victor. Remember, we said every temptation is an invitation to depend on God. So when we submit ourselves, what does that mean? Is that we acknowledge this is wrong. We rationalize and justify. We live in a society how many of you know that we have people of master justifiers, excuses, right? Nowadays, everybody's like, well, this, well, that. And it's like, we justify everything that's wrong sometimes. And everyone's doing, it's the way God made me. It's just my one thing, you know? How many say that? Well, it's just the way I am. Well, God wants to change the way you are, right? <laughs> he don't want to leave you the same way, you know? Just because it's the way you are, it's just the way I am. Or maybe it's just the way you were brought up. We're all a product of the environments, too, that we were brought up in, and we're all different. And how many you know, sometimes, though, that's not always a good thing. There may be positives and negatives of that, but let's look at the negatives, and let's be better, right? Let's want to be working towards being better and asking God to help us and stop making excuses, right? Come on, church. We got to stop making excuses, right, and do something about it. So first, we have to submit to God daily, I give my mind, my eyes, my heart, my words to you, God. Start your day off submitting to God. When I'm not submitted to God, I know I'm more vulnerable to temptation. How about you? When you don't submit yourself to God, we're all more vulnerable for, to temptation and to fall. When I'm submitted to God, it's so much easier to say no to temptation. And when you say no to something, guess what? The next time, it's a little bit easier to say no. A little bit easier to say no. A little bit easier to say no, right? And you have to create a new habit of saying no sometimes to the things the enemy comes. So one, we have to do is submit to God. Number two, it says, resist the devil. Remember, we're talking about James 4, 7. Resist the devil. Well, how do we do this? Well, with Christ, you can resist. Without Christ, we can't, Right? If we don't have Christ, we don't know how, and we don't have the power within us to resist the devil. And the enemy is coming at all of us. So whenever the, the devil comes, you can resist because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And sometimes you got to remind yourself, the same power of the resurrected Christ that raised Jesus from the grave and from the dead, defeated death, hell, and the grave, lives on the inside of us. 
It lives on the inside of us. He gave us that power on the inside of us. So if he defeated death, hell, and the grave, I think I can defeat a temptation of a Krispy Kreme donut, folks. Come on, right? He can defeat you, or he can help you defeat that thought of going back, this thought of this, the thought of going back to maybe decisions, maybe addiction, maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's unforgiveness, maybe it's hatred. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a sinful thought, but whatever it is, you have the power on the inside of you. You just have to learn how to tap into that power. You have an enemy. How many of you know that the Bible says we don't uh, fight against flesh and blood. In other words, it's not sometimes, you know, people come against us, things like that. But you got to look deeper when we also live in a spiritual world, too, that, you know, it may not be the person. It's the enemy using a spirit working through them to get to you. And so sometimes we try to fight against the person. It's not the person. It's the enemy using it as an avenue to get to you. And you got to recognize that. No. And you can't fight a spiritual battle in the flesh. You got to go to prayer and fight it in the spirit. Amen. And so when you are fighting temptations, sometimes you got to go into prayer and you got to ask God to help you and fight those temptations in your time of prayer. And begin to quote scriptures like this that we're talking about today to help you. But if it's hard to resist or fight a battle when you don't know your weapons. How many of you know you can be a soldier and you can be in a battle, but if you don't know how to use your weapons and you don't know you have weapons, you're dead, right? You're gone. You're a goner. You don't know how to fight when somebody comes against you and invades you. Now, come on. I know we all live in Indiana. So I know some of you people, and I know a lot of people in here. I said this in Westville last week, and it was so funny. But I said, if someone's going to break into your house, you're not waiting until they break into your house to already have a mode of protection already there. Come in, how many of you know y'all going to break out your gun or your shotgun? I know y'all got guns in your houses. <laughs> Come on, we don't wait, right? We gotta know we got a weapon and how to use it before the enemy comes in. It's the same thing in the spirit. We don't have to wait until he comes in and tries to steal our, our joy, our peace, our happiness, our lives, our kids, our family, our spouses, whatever it is. We gotta know how to use our weapons and know that you have weapons. Do you know you got weapons? God gave you weapons. So your weapons, it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, weapons we fight with are not of this world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. It doesn't mean hold them back. It means destroy them. Come on. How many know you just want to destroy some things sometimes, right? Sometimes I told Jacob, I said, one of these days I'm going to go down to India and I want to go into one of those like smash rooms, you know, where you go in there and they give you like these helmets and glasses and you just like break like old VCRs and TV and just get out all your rage. I'm like, that is great therapy, man. I'm like, it's awesome. But think about that. When you use the weapons that we're about to talk about here in a second, that's what you're doing to the enemy. You're smashing the things, this old addiction, this old lifestyle, this old thinking, this bitterness. No, God, you're not gonna, you're not gonna steal the next relationship for me to have joy and peace just because the last one was a bad one. No, God, I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna trust that you're gonna fight my battles for me, amen? We gotta demolish the things of the enemy. So Ephesians 6 in the Bible, it talks about putting on the whole armor of God. How many know we have the helmet of salvation that protects our mind? Amen? We have the breastplate of righteousness. The devil, devil's constantly attacking us with lies, accusations, and reminders of our past sin. How many know he brings up your past and tries to make you think of it over and over and over again and make you feel bad when it's already been under the blood of Jesus? We have the shield of faith. We lead with the shield of faith. How many know when you're in battle, you have the shield out in front of you all the time? So you got to have that faith out in front of you at all times. And then we have the belt of truth. 
In other words, I know who I am and I know what I believe. I know what the enemy is saying about me, but that's the old me. I know who I am and I am in the righteousness of Jesus right now. And I know who I am and I know what I believe. How many know the sword of the spirit is the word of God? Amen. Come on, it comes out and it begins to cut away the things. It begins to fight off the enemy, the lies, the doubt, the things that he brings against us. And then it says, our feet are fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. How many know we walk fearless? The shoes take us to a peaceful place in the midst of chaos. We can be in a storm, but we can still have on the shoes of peace. Amen. The storm doesn't get in us, but we walk through the storm with the peace of God. One of the best ways for us to resist temptation is to eliminate it when we can. How many know you like to troubleshoot stuff? That's like me. I like think of like A, B, and C plans, you know, like, okay, this could go wrong. How can I troubleshoot before I get there? That's what we need to do with temptation. I have to have a plan. I got to figure out a way to eliminate some of this temptation before I even get there. So Proverbs 14, I'm sorry, Proverbs 4, 14 through 15 says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Well, some of y'all reading that right now are just like, well, I know I got to cut those people off, right? <laughs> so it says, do not even set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. You got to avoid it. Don't even travel on it and turn away. So we have to know that we got to eliminate things when we can. Amen. Sometimes we set ourselves up for failure. How many of you have done that? You're like, dude, I just set myself up for failure. Why'd I do this? And then you get yourself in a situation and you're like, this could have been so much easier if I would have just made a wiser decision than putting myself in this place right now. So you got to decide to put up boundaries of especially of things that you've struggled with maybe in the past. So you must, you always think, oh, people think, well, if you got to have boundaries, if you got to have all this, well, what? You must be weak. Maybe, no, maybe we're just wise, right? You got to use wisdom too. God doesn't want us to be foolish. Maybe for you, maybe it's social media. Maybe it's certain websites. Maybe it's people or places. Maybe it's thoughts. Maybe it's what you're watching. Maybe it's your lifestyle. I don't know what it is, but you got to set up boundaries. How many know, if you don't set up, I know on our TV, you got controls. You can go and do all these parent controls and stuff. And you can decide, you know, what kind of ratings you want your kids to watch on TV and things. And all these different apps have like guidelines and even video games and stuff. It's almost like that with your life. You got to go in and you got to set boundaries for things of the enemy. Nope, I'm not going to allow this. Yes, I am going to allow this. This, no, yep, no, yeah. And you have to go in and you have to set boundaries in your life to help you succeed. Succeed. How many know when you're going to succeed in anything else, you got to set up boundaries and you have to have a plan. So sometimes we don't have a plan and then we wonder why we fail. We can't live a life opposed to what the word of God says and expect God to overflow our lives with blessings. Yes, he loves us and nothing will change that. Nothing will change the love of God for us. However, we set ourselves up to fail this way and we make it much harder to stay on the right path when we don't set boundaries. When we line ourselves up to truly live out the word of God in our lives, according to the principles and guidelines God lays out for us to bless us, to allow the promises of God to overtake us, why wouldn't we want that? It would be like someone telling you that they love you all the time and always doing the opposite of what is right all the time. How many have had people say, oh, I love you, we're friends, we're cool, we're bros, we're this, and then they're acting the completely the opposite, right? And you're like, I don't really believe what you're saying. You know, they always say actions speak louder than words. 
Well, it's kind of like that way with us and God. Sometimes with our lips, we worship God with our lips, but are we worshiping him? I can't even talk, guys. It's Sunday. Worshiping him with our hearts, with our actions. You know, we can come into church and we can say, God, I love you. God, I trust you. God, I give you my heart. God, this. And then like in our hearts, we do the exact opposite when we walk out of here. We can't be like that. This is the time to be the church. We have to live it, guys. We got to live it. We got to live it. So many people are turned off from people being Christians because they live one way in and outside of the church and totally different on a Sunday. We're not just going to be Sunday Christians. Come on, we are hope dealers. We're going out in our communities and we're dealing hope. We want to be the real thing. How many of y'all want to be the real thing? Because when we are... And we are living it, not that we're perfect, but we're trying to be better. We're doing our best. We're a work in progress. How many of you know you're a work in progress? I know I am. I ain't perfect, but I am a work in progress. And we are all on a journey and just different places in our journey, some further along than others, but we are all on the same path and we're here to help every person get to where God wants us to be. So let's live it. Sometimes, you know what? We need to also... Um, we need to trust God, you know what? We need to hold on to what God says because when he says he is faithful, he's gonna be there for us. When temptation comes, he knows when it comes knocking at your door. How many of you know? A lot of times, and this is the honest truth, sometimes temptation comes late at night. How many of you know? Sometimes temptation comes late at night. And you know why it does? Because you're vulnerable. You're tired physically. You're mentally tired. You're emotionally tired. And so the enemy tries to come in to creep in to catch you when you are not able to have the energy to fight back. And so guard your heart, guard your mind. We can look at boundaries as a burden or a blessing. How many know that if you have kids or you have any kind of things in your life that you wanna protect, you set boundaries, you tell them, you know what, you can go down so far, but you can't go past this house, or you can go here, but you can't do that, you know? Sometimes you're like, okay, whatever, you know, like, you know, especially if you have teenagers, you know? (laughs) Pray for us, guys, (laughs) you know? You're like, oh, why can't I have this app? Why can't I have that? Um, Because there's pedophiles out there, and there's crazy people that are trying to stalk you, and they're like, oh, you're so dramatic, you know? It's like, oh my gosh, I love you. Sorry for loving you and caring, you know? But... It's like we have to set boundaries. It's not because, and we've told our kids, I'm not telling you no because I don't like you or I'm mad at you or I hate you and I want to make your life miserable. I'm telling you this because I love you and I care about you and I see things ahead that to prevent you from getting hurt or getting or falling into something that you can't handle, right? And so that's what God does for us. He's like, set up boundaries, set up things in your life, because if you don't, you're going to get into something that you can't handle on your own. Even though God will make you a way out, sometimes we don't always take that way out, and it's too hard, and our flesh takes over. And so boundaries are a blessing. Why would I wait to resist a temptation tomorrow if I can have the power to eliminate it today? Why do I want to set myself up to have a temptation tomorrow that I could already troubleshoot and I could eliminate it today so I don't even have to face that, to be able to fall into a weakness. Why set ourselves up for failure? Sometimes, you know what, we just, we're, we always say, oh, it's the enemy, it's the devil. It says, no, it was you, <laughs> you know? Why'd you go to her house that late at night? Are you crazy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, why are you gonna fall into temptation? You gotta have boundaries, you know? And Okay, this is just something I can share that's kind of funny, but even when Pastor Jacob and I, you know, we we're both Christians, raised in homes, and, you know, we struggled. We had our own things, too, but when we got um, engaged, we loved each other. We knew God had a plan for our lives, this and that, but how many know, especially when you're engaged, let me talk to all you engaged people, 
And when you're single and you know you're going to be with this person for the rest of your life, your hormones be going crazy and y'all be like, oh, you be looking good, you know, like we're about to get married, you know. And he would go to drop me off and he'd walk me up to the door, you know. And then how many know, like, you know, you start kissing, then you start kissing, kissing, you know, and then hands start moving. I'm like, all right, hold up. You need to just like drop me off. I'll just flip the light on so you know I got in and you need to go, you know. It's like. You got to have boundaries, folks, you know? And so you got to set up those pitfalls before they happen in your life to protect yourself and to protect yourself so that that way you don't set yourself up for failure. God says, I want you to be successful. I want you to have the blessings of God. But how many know, we got to do the things on our part too. We can't ask God, come and change my situation. He's like, well, how about I change you? Sometimes God needs to change us because then we can change our situation. Amen. We expect God to bail us out all the time, which isn't a bad thing because we need God and we cry out to him. But sometimes we don't want to do the part on our end because it's hard, right? We're human and it's hard to change our habits and our behaviors and our thinking. Sometimes we pray for God to deliver us. Then we still try to run back to our Egypt, the place of our bondage. And then we wonder why our mind is messed up and we struggle. You know, I know some of your guys' stories in here. I know God saved you from some amazing things, some crazy stuff. But you know what? We ask God to deliver us, but God's saying, I already delivered you. Walk in your freedom. Here's the steps I give you in my word, the scriptures we talked about today. Here's what you got to do when you're tempted to stay out of that. Don't go back to the place that God brought you out of. Don't go back to that bondage and then wonder why you're struggling and your mind's all a mess. God said, I have something greater for you. So we know every temptation is an invitation to depend on God. So this week I'm asking you, will you depend on God? Will you depend on him solely and fully? Set boundaries in your life so that you can be successful and walk in the ways of God. And it says, God is always faithful. Even when we fall, even when we fall into temptation and we have a thought and we act and we do things, we make a choice. God is so gracious to forgive us, to love us. He will give us a thousand chances because he loves us so much because he sees more in you than you could see in yourself. He believes more in us than we believe in ourselves. And God wants to use your life to tell your story of what God has done in you because your life will affect so many other people and set other captives free, amen? So today is a day that I want some of you to think, man, I'm tired of dealing with the same temptation, the same stronghold. And I wanna surrender it to God. I wanna ask him to come in to strengthen me. I wanna take those steps today. I wanna resist the devil and he will flee from me. Maybe you're here today and maybe you feel overwhelmed. Come on, the world we live in right now, we can all feel a little overwhelmed, amen? Feel a little overwhelmed by the weight of the world. You never maybe have fully surrendered to Jesus. You never totally given your life and your heart to Christ. But today is the day that you can find freedom. I mean, this is the place of freedom. You can find freedom in him. None of us are promised tomorrow, today. You know, we need to make a decision. God, I wanna sell out for you. You know, maybe some of you have, maybe some of you have been living the life for Christ, but maybe you never really solely sold out for him. Maybe there's these little things, these little, this is just the way I am. It's always something I'm gonna deal with. But make that decision today. 
God, I don't want this anymore. I give it to you, Lord. I, I want you to change me. I want you to rearrange things in my life. Change my mind. It's so messed up sometimes, God. And I want to do what's right, like Paul says, but I do the wrong things. And it, we got to trust in him. We got to rely on God because we can't rely on ourselves. How many know I'm going to fail you? Pastor Jacob's going to fail you. You're going to fail me at times. We're all human, right? But God is the only one that will never fail us. And when you fall, he will never forsake you, never leave you. And he will never stop loving you. Never stop loving you. So come on, let's just bow our heads today. God, I just thank you, Lord, that you're working in all of our hearts. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're helping us to understand what surrendering means, God. It means to fully give every part of our lives to you, Lord. Our heart, our mind, our thoughts, God, our choices, everything to you, God, we surrender it to you, Lord, because you have the best for us, God. You have the greatest things for us, God. I thank you, Jesus that you are working in our hearts, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we know that we need you, God, that we need to depend on you, Lord Jesus. And maybe you're here today and maybe you have been struggling. Maybe you've been overwhelmed. Maybe you've never totally surrendered everything to him. Maybe there's a little part that you've kind of held back and said, no, this is the way I am. This is what I struggle with. This is this, this is that. But God's saying, give it to me. Give it to me today and find complete freedom in him, in your heart, your mind, and in your life today. Maybe today you're here and maybe, you know, you're here. I know that God brought you here for a reason and you're not here by mistake, but God brought you here for a purpose because he has a plan for your life. And maybe this message was for you today. And today is a day of reflection. Nothing can separate you from God's love and he wants to invite you into relationship with him. Let me just ask you, don't let pride hold you back. Don't let any person, no person is worth holding back, giving your heart to Christ today. And we wanna give you the opportunity today to surrender it all to him. We're not gonna make you stand or call you out or anything like that. But if your heart is speaking to you today and God is saying, just give me your all, even if you're messed up, even if your mind's a mess and you don't even know where to start, God is saying, that's exactly where I wanna meet you at because I'm everything that you need. And I wanna give you a fresh start. We know that tomorrow is promised to no one, not even myself. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But today, when you surrender your heart to Christ, you can know that your eternity is secure with Him. That if you were to take your last breath, that you would be in heaven with Jesus. And that you have a hope and that you have a future here on this earth to find freedom in Him. And if that's you today and you wanna surrender your heart to Christ, just going to ask you if you could just lift your hand just so that I can include you in on this prayer that we're going to say together. If that's you, just lift your hand. Thank you. That's you. Come on. Don't hold back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see you in the back. Thank you. Come on. There's more. Don't let this moment pass you by. Don't let it pass you by today. Don't let pride hold you back from surrendering to Christ. Come on, church. Let's just all say this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, I fully surrender to you today. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you have forgiven me. I believe you love me. And I give you my life today. Thank you for giving me a new life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together, church, for all those who made that decision today. You've made the greatest decision you could ever make. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. 
If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.